Well, thank you guys for being here in the Monica Go podcast. I'm excited because today we have a powerhouse woman. She's Angela Posilco. I have my, my swag and Latino going in there. But this woman, she has so much to talk. She has so much experience. She's an artist. She's a singer. She's a dancer. And I just love all the things that she does. She is for the Latino. She's the CEO for the Miss Latino International and the Miss International World Organization. She's talented. She's been singing since she was five. She's been on tours with the Reader's Digest, with the European Vocal Tour. Oh, my God, what amazing things. Not only that, she's also a dancer. She tap dances. She, she's been in everything with Carl Nassau, with all these high-tech people. And not only that, she is a, a woman that further studies have taken her to different places. Now she's also is in ballroom dancing with Maskeen Chervoskelis. You have to talk about that one. Oh, yes. And, and also with Dancing with the Stars. Oh, my dear. Everybody wants to know about that. Well, this woman has a lot to talk about. And I don't want to damage her her curriculum because we want to hear it all from her voice now today we want to also let her everybody know that she's also been in pageants in the new york and the new jersey global 1996 and also in the 1997 morganville new jersey this woman has been honored in different places and i have the honor to tell you that she's currently angela in the fashion show she's the coordinator she's the chairperson she's been everywhere in the metropolitan international fashion week show in miami in the orlando international fashion week show but also she's the chair person for the 100 successful women in business hey guys this is angela pasilko let her talk because this is too much for me i want to hear her voice and i bet you do too Angela, thank you for coming in the Monica Gold Podcast, my dear. Oh, my God. It's such an honor to be here. And, you know, everything that you were saying about me, you know, I sometimes uh, say to myself, did I accomplish all of that? You know, I mean, I've gone way back since I've been very young to where I am today. So, um, you know, it's been a journey, I have to say. You know, it's had its ups and downs. But, hey, that's what life is all about. You're up. Exactly. You're down. But you keep going forward, you know, you keep pressing forward. And, you know, they, there's a saying, never give up, never surrender. Well, there it is. Never give up and never surrender because you never know where life is going to take you. That is so true, Angela. You're a New Yorker, but you're living in Florida. Am I correct or not? I am correct. I originally was born in Jersey. I'm a Jersey girl. You're a Jersey girl. I worked in Manhattan for over 30 years, okay? I worked for some of the most prestigious cosmetic companies out there, worked for some of the top retail doors. So, yeah, you could say I've got that little bit of New York in me. But uh, when my husband got transferred for his job about 22 years ago, we moved to Florida. So, yes, I've been here ever since. How, how has that ride been? Because having the curriculum that you have, Angela, the, the stage performance, the... The, just the awe, because people, I saw this woman coming into a room in London and she just came in and she is 
breathtaking. She's like a possessed type of woman that you, everybody would guide their eyes just to see you come in. And I thought that it was beautiful in you. That's a natural thing in you. Was it, but was it always like that, Angela? No, it wasn't always like that. You know, a lot of people think, and you know, so many people get misconstrued like they do with pageants. They also do with the cosmetic industry because, you know, Back in the day when we would be in front of the counter, it's a little bit different today, but back then, I'm saying back in the 80s and the 90s, if you didn't have your makeup done, oh, your account exec would tell you to go home. I mean, you had to look, you had to look like you were going to Buckingham Palace, okay? Wow. But they didn't know the work that went into it behind the scenes. I mean, there were times we'd show up at six o'clock in the morning just to get that merchandise in, to make sure everything was ready so when the client came in, you know, uh, they would come to the counter and they would see things because it was a visual business, but it was a wow. lot of work. I mean, I used to get up every morning because I lived in Jersey and had to travel to Manhattan. I would get up at 4.30 in the morning, get myself together. I was on a train by 5.30, quarter to 6, going into New York City. And I had to take three trains just to get to my destination for 9 o'clock because the store would open at 10. And I mean, I did that rain, snow, sleet, you name it. Okay. I was there. All right. And then, you know, in the summertime, it was great because it stayed light, you know, uh, it, it stayed light a little bit later, but, you know, in the winter time when it would get dark at about five thirty, six o'clock and you know, you're freezing and you got to take a train to get home. But it, it, it was, it had a lot of benefits to work in the cosmetic department. Okay. Because there was a lot of clients that I met, especially when I worked for Bergdorf Goodman, where all the <laughs> celebrities used to come in there, okay? I mean, uh, Raquel Welch became one of my best clients. No way. And tell let me tell you how, about that. Let me tell you how she became a great client of mine. I didn't let on. I knew who she was when she came in. And I didn't let on. I didn't want her to know. I didn't want to flaunt over her because, you know, they're regular people and you don't know how their day is going as well. So I helped her with something. And then she said to me, she said, can you help with all the lines? I said, yes, I can. I said, but we'd like to be fair. She wanted something from Lancome. And I said, let me walk you over to Lancome counter. This was before I became their manager. I said, and I know the representatives there can help you. She's, oh no. She says, I want to deal with you. So I, I got to the floor manager and I said, look, I said, you know who I'm dealing with here. I said, she wants to work with me. They said, absolutely, go ahead. They said, whatever she wants in the store, you do it. So I wait on her. And at the end, when she was signing her credit card receipt, I said, you know, I said, I bought my mother your exercise book. I said, and she loved it. That's how she realized I knew who she was. But I wouldn't say it till the end. And I said, I want to thank you. I said, for being such a role model. I said, because... I love working out. I said, and I read your book. She said, oh my God, that's amazing. She said, but I'd love to know what your mother thought about it. I said, my mother exercised in bold all her life. I said, so I can tell you right now, she hasn't <laughs> put that book down. And from that point on, that woman followed me no matter where I went in the cosmetic industry. And she taught me something. She said, I know, she said, I have a funny feeling you're an entertainer. I said, I am. I said, I do perform on stage. She said, be your own makeup artist. And I looked at her and I said, why would you say that? I said, when you're an actress and I'm sure when you do a film, you sit down. She said, you know what? She said, I'll be honest with you. She said, I don't like the way they do me up. She said, so I learned. 
Did you <laughs> I learn how to become my own makeup artist? She said, and I tell them straight out, don't. She said, maybe a hairstylist, but do not get me a makeup artist. She said, because I'm going to do myself. And she did. For every film she did and every broadcast that she did, Raquel Welch did her own makeup. That woman was gorgeous, wasn't she? Oh, my God. That and then she, she came out with her own wigs. So they, you know. So you, you met her. You met her in her prime. Oh, I met her in her prime. Yeah, I'd say she was about maybe in her 40s, late 40s. But the woman was absolutely stunning. And like I said, she be, she became a great client of mine. Jill St. John was a good client of mine. Wow. Uh, the one I missed, I was off that day, was Robert Redford. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, Robert Wagner became a client of mine. He used to buy for his wife, Jill St. John, all the time. So there was a lot of celebrities working in Bergdorf Goodman. And that store was noted for that, have celebrities coming in. But there was a way to deal with them. You know, you knew they were there, but you didn't want to drool over them. Exactly. If you kept your distance and you knew what you were talking about, those people became your friends for life. They really did. So that was the, that was the beauty part about working in that industry because you never knew who you were going to meet. That's magical. That's magical, Angela. But tell us about your career, the platforms, the stages. I'm a New Yorker and I'm an, I'm an actress. I, I worked on television for a couple of years, but not in New York, in South America. My dream was to be in one of the Broadway shows. How, tell us about that. You got that experience. Tell us about that. Well, that's very strange how that started out. I actually did perform on the Jerry Lewis Telethon. Okay. And uh, I guess somebody knew I walked into this. I had a very good friend of mine who said to me, Hey, we're having dinner tonight on 52nd Street, Rocky Leeds. I said, Okay. And he said, Don't make a fuss when you walk in. I said, Why would I make a fuss? I said, We're going, I said, We're going to dinner. He said, Frank's going to be there. And I'm saying, Okay. I figured this is a friend of his. And I'm saying, Wait a minute. What do you mean Frank's going to be there? He says, Frank Sinatra. I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I said, this is this is a joke. I said, this is a joke. He says, no, I'm telling you. He says, Frank Sinatra. Sinatra was going to sit down with you in a dinner in New York City. You could only hear this with Angela Pazilko. <laughs> I, I, but there was a lot of people that were invited, and they were doing this because he was performing uh, at Radio City. He was doing that two-week stint at Radio City. So I called up a friend of mine. I said, look, do me a favor. I said, Come over here. I said, I was in New York. I said, just come over. I said, we're invited to a dinner. And she said, well, where are we going? I said, Rocky Leaves. She said, who's going to be there? I said, I can't tell you. I said, I think this is a joke. I said, but I need somebody to go with me. She said, all right. She gets into the city. Take take the cab over to Rocky Leaves. <laughs> and uh, we get there and there's this big bouncer at the door. And before I could say anything, my friend was saying to me, oh, we're here to see Eddie Camuso. He says, Eddie's in the back. He said, I'm here to see Jilly Rizzo. He's Jilly's in the back. Before I know it, they're coming out. They said, oh, those girls are with us. We get there, and I see all these celebrities sitting there, okay? And I'm like, maybe this isn't a joke, okay? Well, about 11 o'clock, now, if you were eating in the restaurant, okay, you were allowed to stay. At 11 o'clock, they called Jilly Rizzo. He went to the front door. And we saw the chef going out and another chef coming in. I said, uh-oh, something's up. After 11 o'clock, no one was, if, 
like I said, if you were having dinner and you wanted to leave, you could. But now no new more patrons were allowed to come in. All of a sudden we heard, everybody must rise. Who walks in? Frank Sinatra. And there we are. I'm saying, I'm looking and, and my friend's looking at me. And she said, I really did think this was a joke. I said, so did I. You know, and everybody had to lift a glass of wine. So I think the word got around that I had had dinner with Sinatra and all his friends. And before I know it, I was invited to sing. At, like I said, I was on the Jerry Lewis Telethon. But really, I think what made my career is when I did Easter Seals Telethon. And one of the biggest disc jockeys that Sinatra and all of them loved was William B. Williams in New York. And I sang at that telethon and they just, they went crazy. I mean, Joey Bishop kept coming out and telling me, you got to get out there and do more. You got to get out there and do more. That is amazing. It was. And then, uh, and, and my vocal coach, Allison Starr, who had been a regular on the Dean Martin show, when she heard this, she said, listen, you got a golden ticket here. She said, this is unbelievable. So then one night they asked me to perform at the mountains. So I said, yeah, I got no problem with that. They said, you got to go to Gross Singers. Said, no problem. I said, I'm not that far upstate New York. When I get there, they said, oh, by the way, you're opening up for Jackie Mason. I said, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I said, crazy comedian, Jackie Mason? They said, yeah. So I go backstage. I'm giving all my sheets to the conductor and the piano player and telling them, you know, where, am I, where I stop, where I start. Jackie Mason comes in. He says, you got 15 minutes. If you're not off the stage, I'm going to pull you off the stage. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, I, did my, I did my 15 minutes. The audience was going crazy. I go backstage. He said, you got any more songs? I said, why? He said, you wanted me all 15 minutes. He said, oh, my God. He said, they're going crazy out there. You're setting the tone for me. He says, go back out. So I went back out. And then I did perform with a group. And we used to go around to some of the nursing homes. And it was called Talent Unlimited. And this is how we started recruiting talent. One day while I was singing there, a very good friend of mine said, have you ever sang Phantom of the Opera? I said, no. I said, but that's one of my goals. I said, to sing Phantom of the Opera. He said, well, the lead singer, he said, that I was working with, he said, she can't do it anymore. I said, okay. I said, uh-oh, this is going to lead to something. So oh, he, said, he said, let's do a song today. He says, do you know all I ask of you? I said, yeah. I said, I've done it. I said, in my own repertoire. Well, we sang it and we just yelled together, okay? Now, the next day, I get a call, okay, from the orchestra leader. And he says, oh, my God. He says, Paul Stevio, he says, told me about you. He said, you said, you're amazing. He said, we would love for you to come and sing with us. I said, I have no problem with that. I went to an audition that day, a Disney audition. And it was so funny. Disney's very tough to get into. I mean, yeah. they score you like the Olympics. They were giving me nines and tens, but they wanted somebody that could really play a guitar and sing to the kids, you know, in the parks, which I understand. Right. So I come out of there and, you know, everybody wants to get involved with Disney. So you're a little disappointed. Another friend of mine says, look, Sarah Brighton doesn't want to do the East Coast tour. I said, well, that's funny. I said, because I just got a call on that this morning. They said, look, go over there. We got a good feeling about this. I said, okay. So I go over and I do 16 bars of all I ask of you. By the time I get home, I get a call from the producer. He said, 
Are you the one, he says, that the orchestra leader called yesterday, he said, and he said, wanted to put on the tour. I said, that's me. He said, okay. He said, you got the job. He said, we also want you to be an understudy in Phantom of the Opera. I said, understudy. Oh, on my. Said, that's how I got Phantom of the Opera. Okay. Wow. And in the summer of 1999, it was amazing. I mean, I went from the all of, from Maine to Florida. We did. I did the entire East Coast tour. When I say that was the highlight of my career, singing Phantom of the Opera. I played the part of Christine Diet, and that was tough. I think I worked Thursday to Sunday. That was it. I had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Sometimes we didn't work on a Sunday. Sometimes we worked Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I mean, it was great. I always have a running joke. I said, that was the best job. He went in, did the job, got the jacket, and went home. <laughs> so, and that led, believe it or not, that led to me singing at pageants, okay? Because now all of a sudden, they found out entertain they, entertainers weren't showing up at pageants, okay? So I started singing at pageants. And then um, I started competing. Okay, I, that's when I won Mrs. New Jersey Globe, 1996. And wow. I was top 10 at nationals. And then I also competed in Miss New Jersey, US of A. I made the top five in 1997. But what I loved about the Globe organization, because I did become a director for them as well, they uh, did a lot of pageants overseas. And I went to Greece with them uh, one year. And the owner, Tracy Kemble, who's still a great mentor to me, she had an event called the Global Awards. I was their opening act every year for the Global Awards. I even sang in Greece. So, oh, wow. Okay. I've been from Broadway to Atlantic City to the cruise lines to Vegas. You name it, I've been there. <laughs> you've been there, there. You've done that. You know, that so many people today, nowadays, you know, artists are. Uh, dancers, whatever. Sometimes they don't they don't see that door open for them. What was it so hard for you? What 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 was like your deepest place that you said, "I'm not going to get out of this. I am throwing this away." I, I you saw yourself that you couldn't. What what was that point in your life? I think the point in my life and was probably, believe it or not, was my first marriage. I got to the point where I was getting very depressed. And my my first husband wasn't very supportive of the things that that I did as far as the music career. I mean, even the night that I had the distinct pleasure of opening up for Frankie Valley, he got upset with that. And oh. at, I, at, at one point in my life, I just totally wanted to quit. And working in New York City, and I have to say this, Lord and behold, somebody was looking after me. The man that I'm married to now, in fact, this weekend we're going to be married 31 years I had been married to him back then. He was the one that was in England with me, okay? Yeah, I remember that. He's such a handsome man. You make such a beautiful couple, by the way. If I had been with him, okay, right from the beginning, I probably would have been really a huge star because he was very, very supportive in everything that I did. I still say to this day, he'll take 400 steps backwards to let me go 200 steps forward. That's the way he is, okay? So that was a low point in my life. I really wanted to give up until I met Al. He said to me, what are you kidding? He said, you have got all this talent. He said, you're just going to sit there and want to give up? He said, that's not the way to go. He said, and knowing you, 
He said, and the discussions we've had, he said, I know there's no way. He said, you're just going to sit down and say, that's it. I've had it thrown in the towel. He said, you, you got to keep going. And I said, you know, you're right. I said, and, and even when COVID hit and my cousin got very sick and we almost thought we were going to lose her. And that one day I just had almost again wanted to give it up. And my husband said to me, he said, you? He said, okay. He says, you got two choices. Is you can sit on that bed and cry all day long or you're going to go forward. You're going to do something. You're going to get involved. Why don't you get more involved with the community? He said, why don't you get out there and try to find out why? He said, you've got time right now. Why this illness? What's going to be done about it? And you know, he was right. That was the other part of the motivation that I needed, okay, was to, uh, you know, have someone there that's very supportive to say, hey, you know what? I know who you are. There's no way you're going to give up. And, and he's right. And it's so funny because I'll give you two examples of really hard times that I had. In 2007, and I bought it, I bring this in with a bang. It was July 4th on my way to Disney World. Told my husband, I said, stop the car. I said, I need to compose myself. I was getting some chest pains. I said, okay. Stop the car. I walked around. He said, are you fine? I said, yeah. I said, we can go. I don't think I was maybe half a mile up the road. I looked at him and I said, I need an ambulance. And he looked at me and he said, I think you're right. He didn't know where we were. And even with that, I said to him, I said, mile marker 131. We laugh about this all the time. He put a call in. He called the police. And there was a police officer. And this gentleman to this day, I remember, he was wonderful. He was almost like in my trunk as soon as my husband called 911. Wow. The ambulance was right behind him. I was like from here to where my bed is behind me, to the hospital. And luckily for me, it was the Palm Beach Heart Hospital. I was actually going through a massive heart attack. Okay, Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. When I got into that hospital, they told my husband, they said, had you waited a half, minute, a half hour more, she would have been gone. They got to me within that, within that 30 minutes, they put those stents in. The rest is history. That night, I actually sat up and ate dinner. My husband couldn't believe it. The rest was history. They worked so fast. And that police officer even came in, okay, to the emergency room. And he said, no one dies on my watch. What a, what a wonderful man, okay? I Now, I go to my cardiologist every three months for a checkup. I mean, they've, they've had me on a program now since then. He said to me, can I ask what your secret is? And I looked at him and said, you asking me what my secret is? He said, you know what? He says, most people that have gone through a heart attack and have had stents like you've had, he said, they've had a hard time adjusting and really coming back. He said, it doesn't mm -hmm. seem to bother you. And I said, no. I said, you know what? I, I said, yeah, maybe for the first few months, I didn't want to put two feet in front of me. I said, but after a while, when I started to really feel good, I said, hey, they did the job. You know, as long as I follow what I'm supposed to, there's nothing wrong with me. So figure since 2007 till now, I said, you know what? It's in the back of my head that, it was, that I had that, but I don't dwell on it. Because if I dwell on it, I wasn't going to get up. I said, that's Angela, what I, having, I I think that that's a, that's a resilience inside of you that it's so natural. But at the same time, having your companion, your husband, that it's that extra coach is that it's that backup person. It's like your bodyguard. He's like your second brain 
Oh, you you think you know? No, no. Let me tell you that you will. Don't we all need these kind of people in our lives? That because I saw him how he looked at you. He yes. he he marvels when he looks at you, and they go, "Oh my God, I've only seen a couple of men." I'm blessed to have a very good husband. So when I'm doing something and I saw his eyes when you were up there on stage and I said, oh, wow, this man loves this woman. Yeah, and he does. He 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 truly does. I, I have to say that. And he, like I said, he's always, always been my great inspiration. You know, in fact, a lot of times when I was in, uh, you know, when I would sing and I, I went into a couple of contests and won and I'd be backstage. And I said, hmm. I don't know if I want to go out. I said, I'm listening to all these voices out there. And he said, really? He said, let me give you a little bit of advice. Know your competition, but don't dwell <laughs> on it. Go out and do your own thing. He said, you know how to do your own thing. I said, you know, you're right. Then I'd go in reverse. I'd get so mad because I'd be listening to all the mistakes. that when I got out on stage, then I was the killer because now I was getting mad. So I had that fire behind me. And he's right. And even in the pageant today, I tell all my pageant contestants, I said, know who your competition is, but don't dwell on it. I said, because if you're going to look at the girl wearing this gown, the girl doing this, the girl, you're going to falter. Go out, have fun with it, do the best you can. And I've seen this. I've seen girls that have never done pageants before. They go out there. They don't even think they stand the chance, but they're so relaxed. They're the ones that win. They take it to the top. Because that is so amazing. So basically, you're coaching all of these women that you deal with, with all the pageants that you that you handle. Do you do this as well in, in fashion weeks when they invite you in? Oh, yeah. I always do that. Girls want to walk the runway. I always tell them straight out. I said, look, everybody's got their own style. You know, we could give you a few pointers here and there. Right. It's like being a singer. Everybody has their own style. Okay. People are going to perform on stage. If, if you feel it from within, okay, uh, I'll never forget something that Cheyenne, and I love Cheyenne, he always said, it comes from the music. The music tells you how to perform, what to do. Mm. Uh, and he's right. Max says that when he dances. Let the music take over. And, and when mm. you sing, you have to let those words and that music take you over because that's what, how you're going to put it over. If you just, beautiful. you just say words, it doesn't mean anything. But if you're able to put your own emotion into it, okay, then that makes all the difference. And that's what I tell the girls every day. And I tell them when they come into a pageant, you are all winners, okay? No one here is a loser. Okay, we are going to crown maybe have seven different titles we give out. Somebody's going to get that crown. But don't think it's the end of the road. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, you take uh, Gal Gadot that did a Wonder Woman. She only made the top 15 in this universe and win. She was top 15. Look where she is today. She's in Hollywood. She's made two Wonder Women uh, uh, movies. Uh, and she's she gorgeous. She's gorgeous. <laughs> now she's making a movie about Cleopatra. I know. <laughs> I saw that. She did, death, she did Death on the Nile. I mean, yeah, she went and so she was a winner, even though she didn't win the Miss Universe title. She still was a winner coming out of that. Exactly. And a lot of a lot of my girls that come into the pageant, even after the pageant is over, I tell them this is not the end of the road. We're going to call you up and use you on things because they all get crowns, they all get banners, and that is what we do. We make them feel like winners. When I is your next pageant coming up? 
Well, it's coming up very soon, October 20th to the 22nd. Where and when? Details. It's going to be at the beautiful uh, Hilton Palm Beach um, at the PGA Village in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Wow, that's amazing. Could people buy their entrances at this point or is it already sold out? Well, what, what we're going to do this year is we're going live stream. So in about a week and a half, our tickets are going to go on sale. So if someone, let's say, is out of the country or in an upstate, they can't physically get to the pageant, okay, they can see it live stream. They can uh, see it. And then, of course, anybody that wants to come in. So we're still we're still selling tickets. I love that. So we're going to have all that information. Angela's going to give it to us. So you're going to have it here in the Monica Go podcast. You're going to see it in YouTube. You're going to see it in the podcast and different platforms that you're going to be able to have all of this information. Not only that, you're going to be able to follow her in all of her platforms as well. Now, my question to you, Angela, or better, better even, what would be with your experience, the medicine, something of an ingredient, because a woman that has, that had had a major heart attack, a woman that got through a divorce, that, that was able to get back on road to be able to be a, a coach or, or a mentor for all these younger women with all of your beautiful experience. What would you tell these people? When I tell them what the medicine is, what you do in life is going to echo in eternity. Okay. Promise what you deliver and deliver what you promise. And if you follow that, okay. Another thing I heard the other day on television, which Morgan Freeman said so great, just because we disagree does not mean you're my enemy. So you've got to learn to get along with everyone. Okay. But that is what the ingredients I would tell everyone. Just, just keep going because you never know where you're going to find that silver lining. You know, you could be talking to somebody in a, in a store, in a bake shop. Exactly. You don't know. You, you don't know who you're standing next to. Okay. Exactly. You you have no idea. You, you know, like I say, you could just be walking down the street and all of a sudden you're having a conversation with someone and you find out, oh, my God, I didn't know that this person did this and this person did that. So that's what you have to do. Okay. And you have to just, you have to look at everything and say, okay, I'm good at this, but what can, and, and I always say, I fight within myself. All right. I'm here today. Where am I going to be tomorrow? All right. <laughs> and when I get up in the morning, I always say, I get up with a smile on my face because laughter is the best medicine. American Heart Association just came out with that today. Isn't that funny? They said <laughs> that laughter actually keeps the heart going longer. And they found that people that are happy and laugh a lot, either there's less heart attacks or they don't suffer a heart attack. Okay. And that was unusual about me because I always, I always laugh. Okay. In school, I used to turn around and say, I got to do something funny. I'll get on a plane and it gets boring. My husband will look at me and he'll say, I know what she's going to say. I said, yeah, I got to do something <laughs> funny. <laughs> I to get people going, you know? So, um, and I have to admit, I have two cats. The one cat will, I'm surprised she hasn't jumped on the chair. She'll never let me go. When she <laughs> sleeps with me at night, that's where I kind of really, it's funny, but I calm down. She purrs so loud. I'll put my head up against her. And my husband laughs, but he said it's the cutest thing because the two of us will fall off to sleep like that. And if I get that's a bad so migraine, beautiful. if I get a bad migraine headache, 
and she gets on my head, I don't have to take anything. The headache disappears. But she purrs. Angela, you are a treasure. You're a treasure. You're a treasure. And I am so honored to to have you have those nuggets of medicine for our souls. And you know what, people? All of you that are listening to this precious woman talk from her heart, from her soul, from her experience, brings out that that way of saying, hey, if open doors came to Angela in the way that they did, why couldn't it happen to me? You know, we have to think that God is there for you. He could open doors for you when you don't even think. How about that 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 moment when Frank Sinatra came in? Was he that surprise? No, she was the surprise for Frank Sinatra to be there because now she has a story. Now she has something to tell you. Not only that, he's a blessing everywhere that she goes. And this is Angela Polilco. My dear friend, hugs from my heart and from all of the people from the Monica Go podcast. Love you, precious woman. Mwah. Mm, and we love you as well. You're just as precious and amazing. So it's an honor to be here with you. Why, me too, sweetheart. I'm going to try to see you soon, okay? We're in Florida together, so let's do something together. Yes, and let's get you on our live broadcast as well during the pageant. We'd love to have that. You I know, would love setting, that. We're setting that up, so let's keep in touch. And anything you need, I'm always here. Thank you so much. And hey, people, remember to give it a go. Because God already gave a go for you. So go, 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 go. Love you.